This week, we are going to hear about John the Baptist and the call of the first disciples from the Gospel of John. And before I read the scripture, I want to acknowledge that John's gospel is challenging. The language can sometimes sound strange and unfamiliar to our ears. And in this particular passage, there are some existential questions that get raised. So it isn't going to be a simple text for us to wrestle with. But given everything that is happening in our world, in our country, and in our lives, there has perhaps never been a more important time for us to ask some hard questions. Questions like, what am I looking for in my life? How do I succeed at being human? What do I believe to be true? And what does it look like for truth to inform my actions? How do I respond to those whose views are different or even diametrically opposed to mine? What does it mean to belong to God and to each other? I hope that you can allow some of these questions to percolate in your mind and heart and soul, both today as we hear God's word read and proclaimed, and in the coming days as we continue to try to make sense of all that we are living through. And now, let us pray. God, we are filled with questions. As we hear your word and seek to understand your ways, may we also hear your invitation to us to come and see and to respond with faith and love. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God." The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 2014, theologian and Yale Divinity School professor Miroslav Volf developed an undergraduate seminar called Life Worth Living. In a liberal arts education that encourages students to ask and answer big questions, this course focused on the biggest question of all. How do I succeed in the endeavor that is human life itself? How do I succeed as a human being? The goal of the course is to help each student determine what it means to lead a flourishing human life. To do this, Wolf and his associates offer students resources, many of which come from the world's religious traditions. But this isn't just an introduction to religion course in which students learn about the world's religions. Instead, this course asks the students the question, if they believed the claims of a particular religious tradition, how would these teachings impact the way they live? After the success of that undergraduate course, Wolf and other divinity school professors developed a similar course for divinity students called Christ and the Good Life. The purpose here is to get away from the descriptive questions that seminary students so often must answer. Questions like, what were the views of this particular theologian? And what happened at this moment in church history? And instead, invite them to ponder the question, if this is what God is suggesting through the gospel, what does it mean for my own life? Of all the awful images from the insurrection against the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, the most disturbing to me was a huge banner which proclaimed, Jesus 2020. There were other Christian symbols co-opted by extremists in ways that were deeply unsettling, but this banner, which suggests that allegiance to Jesus is equivalent to one's loyalty to a political party or one's stance on a particular issue or support of an elected official was the most egregious. And frankly, I found it confusing. What does it mean to use Jesus' name the same way we might use the name of a politician, almost as a brand or a slogan? It was a stark reminder that as our country is pushed to the breaking point over questions of truth, what is it? Who has it? Where do we find it? Those of us who call ourselves Christians must reflect anew on the life and actions of Jesus and ask ourselves, if I am a follower of Jesus, what does this mean? for how I live and act. Recent scientific studies on the concept of human flourishing suggest there are questions we all should be asking if we want to achieve the state we call thriving, what the ancient Greeks called eudaimonia. This Greek word literally means to have a good indwelling spirit. And philosophers translate it to mean living a good and meaningful life. A powerful predictor of human thriving is clarity, 
having clarity about what is meaningful and important. Knowing what really matters and being clear about what we believe contributes to such traits as authenticity and integrity and helps us establish a moral lens through which we see the world and judge what is good, true, noble, and worthy. The other component necessary for thriving is the innate need of every human being to contribute to the world in a way that feels meaningful, that gives us a sense of purpose. Last week in worship, we heard the story of Jesus' baptism from the Gospel of Matthew, and we reflected on how our baptism establishes our primary identity as those who are loved, claimed, and called by God. Today, we turn to the Gospel of John, where Jesus' baptism unfolds not in real time, but as told by John the Baptist. In this Gospel, John the Baptist has total clarity regarding his life's purpose. He exists to testify that Jesus is the Son of God, the unique incarnation of God on earth. John exhibits the gift of sight, which in this gospel goes beyond seeing with one's eyes. John knows what he believes, that Jesus is the Son of God sent by God to reconcile the world. John also knows his life's purpose, to witness to Jesus, to testify about him, and to help others see and believe this truth and live accordingly. Even to the point that when John is standing with his disciples and Jesus walks by, John points away from himself and toward Jesus. John has no qualms about his students leaving his side to become followers of Jesus. Unlike in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus calls his disciples by invitation, come and follow me, here in the Gospel of John, Jesus begins by asking these who are following him one of life's biggest questions. What are you looking for? These are the first words Jesus speaks in this gospel and could also be translated as, what are you seeking? Now in John's gospel, to see Jesus, not just with the eyes, but with the heart and mind and soul, is to believe that Jesus is the unique incarnation of God. But just as seeing Jesus isn't just a sensory exercise that we do with our eyes in the Gospel of John, believing in him isn't just something that happens with the mind. The scholar Caroline Lewis argues that in John's Gospel, to believe in Jesus is to be in relationship with him. It is to make an unwavering commitment to be with Jesus, to stay with him, to abide with him, and even to question him. We learn this through the response that John's disciples make to Jesus' existential question, what are you looking for? They answer him with a question of their own, where are you staying? 
In Greek, the word staying comes from the verb meno. And the use of this word makes it clear the disciples aren't asking for Jesus' address. Meno means to abide, remain, endure, continue, dwell. And it carries a strong sense of stability, even permanence. Meno is the word Jesus will use in his last conversation with his disciples before his death when he tells them, I abide in you and you in me. In response to their question, where are you staying? Jesus says, come and see. Just as baptism asks us to acknowledge that our primary identity is that we belong to God. So discipleship, this invitation to come and see Jesus by following him, by abiding with him, is not just an item on the to-do list of life, somewhere between establish a career and buy a house. Discipleship is the paper the list is written on, the pen with which we write it. Baptism gives us our identity, and discipleship is the process of living that identity out. And the way we do it is first to come and see Jesus, to pay attention to him, to wrestle with what his life and actions reveal about God, and to consider that question he asks, what are you looking for? Then, once we've seen Jesus, we try to put what we've seen into action in our own lives. Seeing Jesus, and then trying to live out what we've seen. And then seeing Jesus again, and then trying again to live as he does, and then seeing again and trying again. This is the pattern, the dance of discipleship, and it will last our whole life long. What are you looking for? Jesus asks. Come and see. As Audrey West puts it, If you want to know the Word made flesh, come and see Jesus. If you want to know what love is like, come and see Jesus. If you want to experience God's glory, to abide in love, to experience the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know God, come and see Jesus. Amen.